0: Hi, I'm David Farrier, and we're about to tackle one of the big ones the Moby Dick of conspiracy theories. It sits there alongside hidden alien spaceships at Area 51 and faking the moon landing, and it speaks to the very fabric of the United States and what the government is telling us or not telling us. It was November 22nd, 1963. Just after 11:30 a.m., President Kennedy and his wife Jackie land in Dallas on Air Force One. Their motorcade's waiting. Their plan was to drive through Dealey Plaza shortly after midday, before arriving at the trademark where Kennedy would give a speech. They get a bit behind schedule, though, thanks to Kennedy stopping first to shake hands with fans and then to speak to a nun and some kids. Eventually, though, just before 12.30pm, his limo enters Dealey Plaza. A minute later, his limo's on Houston Street, driving towards the Texas School Book Depository. But as the limo turns onto Elm Street, shots ring out. How many shots depends on what witness you talk to. Some heard three, others heard as many as eight. Kennedy is hit, and he turns towards his wife, alive and shocked. Then he's hit, A second time, taking off a great deal of his skull. You can see Jackie trying to pick bits of it up. And it's all just awful to see, even six decades later.
1: Here is a bulletin from CBS News. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. Texas Governor
0: John Connolly is sitting in front of Kennedy and Jackie, next to his wife, and he's hit as well. Meanwhile, police follow the sound of the gunfire and rush to investigate the Texas School Book Depository Building, where they run into Lee Harvey Oswald. He tells the police he works there, so they let him run off. And at 1pm, President John F. Kennedy is pronounced dead at Parkland Hospital.
1: From Dallas, Texas, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1pm Central Standard Time.
0: Quarter of an hour after that, Oswald shoots and kills Officer J.D. Tippett. He's arrested not long after this, and later that night, he's charged with murdering a police officer, and with murdering the President of the United States. Things got crazier. Two days later, a live TV crew is broadcasting Lee Harvey Oswald's being moved by police.
1: There is Lee Lee Oswald. He's been shot. Lee Oswald
2: has been shot. Absolute panic based on Dallas
1: Police Headquarters. Have
0: their the alleged assassin has just been assassinated by nightclub owner Jack Ruby. Live on television for millions to see. Oswald is rushed to Parkland, dying in the same hospital Kennedy died in just two days before. Both Kennedy and Oswald have their funerals the next day. Two years later, the Warren Report is published assuring the American public there was no conspiracy to kill Kennedy. Lee Harvey Oswald was the only assassin that day. He and he alone fired three shots.
2: The fatal shots that entered President Kennedy's head and throat were fired by Lee Harvey Oswald from the Texas School Book Depository, acting solely by himself, and that there was no conspiracy, either foreign or domestic.
0: Fifteen years later, the House Select Committee on Assassinations release their report saying maybe it was a conspiracy. And we've been arguing ever since, which brings us to now, 2021. This is the JFK episode. David, how dare you? There's a lot of crazy, isn't there, going on? I mean, just in the world there is, but you look at JFK and you realize things have been crazy for a long time. Sure. Yeah, true. Yeah, we. I think we egocentrically always think we're living in the craziest
3: times or the ones that are most certain to end.
0: Yeah, and it's always been that way and it's very easy to forget. And when I was looking at this week's topic, I was just like, yeah, it's always been nuts, guys. It's always been nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um. How are you both? Are you well?
4: Yeah. How are you? Well, Dax is recovering from surgery.
3: I hadn't had one in a few months, so we thought, let's get in there and root around a little bit. Take, maybe take a, a, a bone graft this time to see where we're at. Oh, it's fair enough. And then I have this cute little uh, accoutrement oh. now, a little port in my arms to put my antibiotics in. So it's a good look. I look, I look virile. You look, it's a beautiful look. You look futuristic (laughs) with a little tap into your arm. (laughs) I hope this is the future that we just all live with a port and they've created the designer drug that is, there's no downside and then just a perfect mix of euphoria and
0: optimism. I don't have one of those in my arm. The only drama I can report was sort of had a little tsunami in New Zealand, but it's all fine. We're all fine. And we, we went down into sort of a mini COVID lockdown here in Auckland again for a while. So that mixed with the tsunami, it's kind of been an action-packed week, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds also like kind of an anticlimactic
3: action-packed week. So the tsunami, when it did come to shore, what, do we, what was the
0: rise in sea level? some little waves hit the shore. It wasn't a okay. big deal. It was all the, It's always the panic leading up to it that's the problem. And I think because we're in lockdown as well, there was some worry about social distancing versus fleeing your homes in case you get flooded. So it was like two disasters at once. If that happened here in America, there is some section
3: that currently would, would rather die in their house from a tsunami out of fear of getting COVID.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're probably <laughs> right. I think you're probably right. <laughs> It's funny, I in thinking about JFK and getting that introduction together, I realized this is a topic where I feel like I'm just being swept away in just so many theories and facts. Like this could be a ten hour episode. Ooh. Mm. Because I did a JFK tour in Dallas years ago for dark tourists and met this guy, Robin, who gives these amazing tours of the assassination or murder as he calls it from his point of view. Oh, of the route that JFK went on, and he's got an old Lincoln convertible, and it's beautiful. And he, his tour is along because he's a he's a researcher, he's a historian. Also, you know, he's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, he wears a lot of hats. He wears <laughs> a lot of hats, but he's been researching JFK for a really long time. And I thought it would be quite good just to talk to him about his take on things because he's like the conspiracy theorist. And so I thought I could talk Ooh. to him. Did
3: he remember you when you got a hold of him? Like, hey, I shot a TV show. You were on it. Was it memorable for him?
0: Yeah, it was because he was quite nervous to do it. He's very Texan and very reserved. He runs Uh a funeral home on the side. So that's his main occupation is running a funeral home. And then he does these JFK tours like as an extra job on the side. Wow. Wow, he's into the macabre. Yeah, he is. But it's funny because when we were filming the show with him, he was really nervous about what we'd put in. And he was one of the few people that wanted sort of approval and like to see what we were going to put in. And now you go to his website and it's all over his website. So I, Uh I take it he liked being in there.
1: Well,
3: funny enough, I was just listening to, I think Radio Lab did a history of Candid Camera. And one of the funny interviews in it is a woman who has written in to complain about how distasteful the show is. And then they They want to ask her about why it's so distasteful, and she lists all the reasons, and then he says, well, would you be willing to have this opinion put on live TV across America? And she said, yes, yes, I would. (laughs) It's like they talk about this duality of like everyone's innate
0: desire to be famous, yet it was just really, really funny and ironic. Yeah, well, I mean, part of the joy of, I think, filming in America is everyone kind of does want to be famous, and it's yeah. the opposite to New Zealand where everyone's so shy and no one wants to be on camera, is I feel like every American is born just with this like, innate need to be on screen, which is great when you're making something.
3: A thousand percent. I don't think I have a single friend that hasn't envisioned themselves on TV, but what is the distinction in his mind between a murder
0: and an assassination? I thought any famous person that's killed is an assassination No. Yeah, I think he thinks assassination is linked with the idea of like one lone shooter going out and assassinating someone, whereas he sees it as a really cynical murder of his favorite president, you know, Mm. and he's just so passionate about that. And when I went in to meet him a couple of years ago, I was really skeptical of him because, you know, I've watched JFK. Um, I, I know the the theories, but I was skeptical of like meeting a JFK researcher, but you know, the first thing I talked to him and maybe we should listen to that now is just how he got so obsessed with JFK because it is an obsession. Like he literally gives six hour tours in this car. So this is how Robin got into JFK.
1: If I give you my perspective of November 22nd, 63, it's through the eyes of a nine year old in the fourth grade. That experience I was having, it was a very primitive experience. My class came back from lunch. Our teacher was called out of the room. When she came back in, she was sobbing. She had been given the news, and soon everybody was sent home. Now, that was the experience for every kid in America and then my experience over the next few days was just noticing that every adult in my world was sitting around a black and white television this picture has just been transmitted by wire it is a picture taken just a moment or two before the incident so as far as november 22nd 63 that's the extent of my memories when i got personally involved in investigating and solving the murder was in the fall of 1973, 10 years later. And a movie was released that fall on the 10th anniversary, and this movie was Executive Action. Don't make your decision until you see Executive Action, possibly the most controversial motion picture of our time. This was cutting edge because nobody was questioning the Warren findings at that time. What are the Warren findings? That one man acted alone with no assistance, which is a mythology that was created by the perpetrators of the crime. And if you questioned the mythology that one man acting alone murdered Kennedy, then you were considered a conspiracy nut. So who would want to be known as a nut? And I walked out of the theater not having been invested at all in this story. I was 19 years old, and my reaction was, I've been asleep for 10 years. And that propelled me to become the uh, pitiful creature you see in front of you now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he, so he's very <laughs>
1: self-aware of like uh.
0: what he is and what he looks like to other people, but he's so knowledgeable about this counter-narrative to what the official story was at the time. I mean, honestly, whether there was one person or twenty-six people, like it doesn't
3: change at all the real important thing, which was this great president was killed and he's dead and he's not coming back. To me, it's it really makes me think of like the difference between if your your father dies at 39 of coronary failure because of his diet, versus if he dies at 39 because of a terrorist attack. Like those things feel so different in your head but they're not. The reality is you don't have your father anymore. That is the focus. That's what's relevant. I'm happy to believe Lee Harvey Oswald did it on his own. There are guys that are that good of shot. There's dozens of them in the military. There's people have shot people from 1500 meters. That is a mile. They can shoot someone. But again, if there was three guys, if two dudes were in there preparing lunch, what does that matter?
0: Yeah, I mean the the fact is yeah, we're all walking around in the same world and it doesn't affect Robin's day or my day or your guys' day in any way at all. But I guess the counter argument to that is that it paints this huge portrait of whether the government is telling us the truth or not and whether we can trust them with that and with anything. Because if you can't trust the government and the Warren report on who killed the president, how can we trust them on anything, whether it's like COVID or do aliens exist or any of these things? I totally agree with that. That is actually not
3: my point. I'd like to put a distinction around what you just said and what I was saying. So yes, if there was a state involvement, that's completely relevant. But whether the state involvement employed two people, three people, seven people, or one person, who gives a fuck? Now, what's interesting is, yes, did Russia fund this? Okay, that's interesting. Did Germany fund this? Did the CIA
0: fund that? That's That stuff's legit. But the number, who cares? Yeah, the details involved, and you hear Robin and other researchers like him talking about like skull fragments and entry wounds and exit wounds. It is just this all-consuming thing, and I guess you could say the same for people that are digging into any conspiracy theory, including the ones that have come up recently. Like it's fun exploring like every little stupid detail and you feel like an expert and then you get invited to give talks on it. And it creates like this life for you almost. And I mean, he's got this whole tourism business built around his expert knowledge of JFK conspiracy theories. So it's like a lifestyle choice almost. I think there's also a more global human thing, which is like,
3: Why someone would kill this beautiful man defies understanding. So it's almost smoke and mirrors like, if well, if I can understand every aspect of it, every single bit that went into the sausage, I will then understand how this could have happened. But I don't believe that can be answered. Like the sad, unfortunate, tragic, this should never have happened. How could this have ever have happened? Won't be answered in those details
0: for me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, you know, Oswald, we know is this guy who defected to the Soviet Union in like 59. Again, I can't imagine being obsessed
3: with this topic, but had it happened in Milford, Michigan, I bet I would really be obsessed with it. Like the notion that the president came to his city and it happened in his state. I do imagine that gives it some more significance in your life.
0: Yeah, and I guess when locations are mentioned, like the school book depository, you know, you know exactly where that is and like you've driven down that underpass before. So it all hits so all the rest of us are kinda like, Oh, who cares about the grassy knoll? If yeah, yeah. you've like walked there every other month, then you probably do care about that stuff. It like it hits you in yeah. your soul as opposed to just your brain.
3: Also, like, how could this happen is one question. We all experience that, but how could this have happened in my town? Like there's like another craziness to it
0: and no there's so much craziness to this as well because like what's so amazing about this is that it was caught on film like you can watch this assassination on the sapruta film as many times as you like and i I think it was sold now they added it up i think it's worth about 16 million dollars that's how much the government paid to put it in the archive so it's a very expensive short bit of film but not only that also caught on film live was the assassinator, Oswald, being assassinated by Jack Ruby. And I want to talk about that later, because the fact that was broadcast live a couple of days later, it's outrageous. Like, there's so much crazy timing around this story that that gave us so much footage. It
3: it was one killing away from being a Simpsons episode. Like, if Ruby had been shot on his way into court
0: by a stewardess... (laughs) Totally. And just so much crazy timing. Like, And the thing is that there's like if things had happened slightly differently the entire timelines would have gone in different ways, like the timing that Oswald left the schoolbook depository, like if it was seconds different he probably would have been caught then and Officer Tippett wouldn't have been killed there's so much crazy timing that had to be perfect, the fact that Jack Ruby who killed Oswald, just wandered into the police station 30 seconds before Oswald appeared and was just like, oh there he is, might kill him it's <laughs> oh, crazy, yeah, crazy shit But I just want you to hear about the alternate version of Oswald from Robin, because I found it really, like, fascinating.
1: Who is Oswald? He's an agent of the Central Intelligence Agency, and he has been since 1959. Oswald morphed from being a Marine to going into intelligence work in 1959. Oswald was never a communist. Oswald never hated America. He was a patriot. And our government sent Oswald to Russia. He was trained by our government to go to Russia and be a spy. And then our government returned Oswald to the States in 1962. Oswald is working in that building because one of the people above him in the CIA told him to apply for a job there. He had been working there about six weeks. Oswald's in the building. He had nothing to do with firing a rifle at the president. As a matter of fact, Oswald did not fire a rifle that day, and the FBI knew that by Friday evening. By Friday evening, this is November 22nd, the FBI knows Oswald didn't fire a rifle that day. They performed a paraffin test on Oswald at Dallas Police Headquarters. He failed the paraffin test. But if a person has fired a rifle and they're given the paraffin test, gunpowder will show up on their face. Oswald failed the test. The FBI knows that by Friday night, which means he's innocent. But the FBI agents that performed the paraffin test on Oswald, their boss, J. Edgar Hoover, is one of the conspirators. And it is Hoover that is determined to create the Lone Nut Mythology.
4: Hmm. interesting he's, he
0: paints he paints a real picture like he's so passionate about this and he gets so wound up about this whole lone gunman reality when you're listening to someone like
3: that and he's very authoritative when he speaks
0: and he's very persuasive so
3: i'm thinking oh what part of this is is the facts and what part is he, yeah
4: what's proof
0: yeah just really quick to the paraffin thing does he does he deny that he shot an officer on the way out Yeah, he denies killing an officer and killing the president. Okay. He sort of just blankly denies everything. I actually was reminded of a fact about him, which I'd completely forgotten about. In April of that year, he tried to assassinate US Major General Edmund Walker. So they only found out about this after he'd killed the president and then they investigated him more. So he'd tried to assassinate someone before. This wasn't, you know, he he really was known for uh, not being a big fan of America.
4: Where's the evidence that he was in the CIA? Did Oswald say that?
0: It's honestly, it's so complex to get into, but it's like a whole lot of disconnected sort of ideas and maybes being connected up into various supposed truths when they're really not. But, you know, Hmm. he he took a lot of trips around the world. He was off to Cuba, he was off to Mexico, He's off to different embassies. And depending on, like, how you read into that depends on what theory you come out with. Hmm. I'd be remiss if I did not, mention
3: and remind listeners that our good mm. friend gordon keith owns oh, yeah. his bathtub
4: that's right
3: yeah owns really not um, about that yeah in fact we probably should have connected we <laughs> should have because he's
4: really into it he's really into it. he's from <laughs>
3: dallas and he he owns lee harvey oswald's bathtub so that's neither here nor there but if you if you listen to the show you that might tickle your anus
0: wow you know i love that i love that mm. i love the mm-hmm. idea of bathing in his bath what a surreal thing <laughs> it is it's intimate so yeah, it's
3: hard when he's talking because man, it all sounds factual. But but Monica, I think what's happening with the CIA thing is he was in the military and then he did defect and he went to Russia. So they're saying, well, so that, that part's definitely that part's true. true. Okay, that okay. part is absolutely. True. And they're saying, well, that was a common thing mm. for the CIA to have spies do. So and that is true. So one thing is true and the other thing is true, but that does not mean these two things
0: together are true. A lot of assumptions being made along the path. Yeah. yeah, the main thing I think that put Robin on this path, and it sort of convinces a lot of people, is that it's this old rifle. It's a bolt action, and to be able to get off like three pretty good shots in that time, in the time it took, is just it's a it's a big chance. So I think that's what kind of catches out a lot of people. Yeah, I want to play you Robin's take on actually what happened because it's like an action film, like how <laughs> oh, he sees good. that day instead of like one shooter. This is utter. Okay.
1: You'll see that the president is waving, everything's fine, and then suddenly he grabs his throat. Where did that shot come from? It came from in front of the president, below the president, towards the triple underpass. How do I know that? Because the doctors at Parkland said this is an entrance wound. In that moment that they're getting their hands on Kennedy at 1238 at Parkland, they know this is an entrance wound. So the first shot that we see him react to came from in front of the president. Was that shooter behind the picket fence? Did that shot come from the triple underpass? Either way is fine. The shot came from in front of the president and below the president. The next time we see something happening, we see the governor of Texas, John Conley, hit. And he falls into his wife's lap. The bullets that struck Conley all came from behind the car. What's behind the car? There's a shooter in the sixth floor window. There's a shooting team of mobsters on the second floor of the Dow building. Conley's wounds came from behind. Okay. Let's go back to common sense. If the back right of Kennedy's skull is blasted out, where did the bullet come from that caused that wound? Well, we know where, but sometimes we're afraid to admit it. This is an exit wound. Watch Zapruder's movie. What is the president doing at the moment of that red halo leaning on Jackie, but he's facing west towards either the grassy knoll or the triple underpass. He's facing west. The surgeons at Parkland see there's an entrance wound in his right temple. That bullet came from in front of him. Where was the shooter? Behind the picket fence? Was the shooter hidden on that triple underpass? Either location is fine for me. He gets
0: so wound up about this single shooter, he's just like trying to fill in those gaps that make it work for him. And I am reminded of what you said, Dex. Like it is that thing of like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know, it's this is paralleling 9-11 a little bit in
3: that people don't like the physics of how the building fell. And again, that's assuming they've seen a building of that size fall and they're comparing it to that but uh, we've not seen a guy's head blow up like that in a moving car and i think they're just assuming that they know how it was supposed to go a little more than maybe you can know how it's supposed to go I, i i understand ballistics i understand that a bullet makes a smaller wound at the opening and then it flattens out inside the body and then rips
0: a bigger hole out the back but was his head turned a little bit i don't know And that's the details that people just get so obsessed with. And you're right. We saw this with 9-11 as well. Like the littlest detail becomes a 40-page monologue about one specific thing. And Mm. you end up with a scenario that potentially makes even less sense than the idea of there (laughs) being a single shooter, in my mind. Well, when he threw out
3: there's mobsters on the second floor and there's a a (laughs) team of shooters on the sixth floor, and then we got a lot of characters characters can't keep secrets for 60 years it can't be done a guy can't cheat on his wife without telling people at the bar like nothing can be
0: kept a secret unless one person did it no and again like mobsters probably like some of the worst to like keep quiet about things you know it's like it's just Loose lips sink ships. It's like, it's an impossibility. So, but I mean, I just, I love how passionate Robin is about it and how like he's dedicated his entire life to this particular conspiracy. And it's amazing. Like we're still talking about it all these years on. Like, I think we're going to be talking about it until the day we're all dead.
3: I guess too, I should own my biases at the beginning of this as if like, we're talking about a company and I own stock. Okay. In it. Yeah, but pl- yeah, be honest. I don't have an opinion about this. I haven't decided I think Lee Harvey Oswald was the only shooter. I haven't decided whether I think it was solely love for Russia, not CIA involvement. I had a position on nine eleven, which is I believe it was Al Qaeda. I think they are the ones who did it and that's that. But I don't I don't even have one on this. I'm just more hung up on on the, the mechanics of these theories that are seem less plausible to me. How about you,
0: Monica? Do you have like any take or are you just kind of like, ah, uh, doesn't matter?
4: Well, no, I think it does matter if the government has hired people to kill the president. I think that's a huge problem.
0: (laughs) It's problematic. Sure, it is very.
4: Yeah, it's not great. So I understand feeling like if that's true, that that needs to be exposed. So I, I get it. But I don't think it was the CIA. I think there are just other things you can do besides killing a person to get What do they want? What do they want him not to be president? What would their motivation be to kill him?
3: I think one of the theories is he wanted to get us out of Vietnam. The CIA wanted to stay in Vietnam. He was going to take a less harsh approach to dealing with the Red Scare. And the CIA, of course, wanted a very militant approach.
4: Just feels like killing him. That's so extreme. Well,
3: And what I like you're pointing out, too, not just killing him. Let's even say that was the best way to do it. So many people got to be involved in the CIA to get that done. But beyond that. Why are they fucking picking a moment that's going to be filmed with 7,000 yeah. witnesses? Like, if the CIA wants to kill you, the guy is alone. He drinks from cups. They could poison him. Yeah, poison probably There's a trillion the way easier ways that are far more controllable. I mean, this would be like if they waited to catch Osama bin Laden while he was in a parade instead of his house. You just, that would not be the plan.
0: Yeah, it's so public. A fact I really like about this is that there were 104 ear witnesses. They questioned 104 people that had heard these shots, trying oh, to piece wow. together like where they came from in front, behind schoolbook depository, Dalteks, oh. all, all this, you know, Dalteks building, all of this. So I oh love that God. fact.
4: Yeah, you can't even trust someone's eyewitness. How could you trust someone's ear witness? That makes that's not helpful.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've
3: been in that intersection there's tall buildings all around it's echoing you're and then you're asking someone well did it come from the
0: left was it six o'clock was it twelve o'clock was it you know yeah come on and initially like people didn't realize it was gunfire like it kind of was like life is normal for a moment because people weren't expecting that to happen and it's so unexpected so yeah to be able to get an exact memory of where you hear a sound from after the fact it's not going to be particularly reliable.
3: No. My
0: first thought would be: oh, fireworks are accompanying this celebration.
3: Yeah. You know, that makes sense. We got the big honchos in town. Let's f- pop off some Starbursts. Stay tuned for more if you dare. We are supported by Simply Safe. If you have 30 free minutes, you never have to worry about a break-in at home ever again. That is how quick and easy it is to set up a security system from Safe. It's the kind of thing that is so easy to do, you can do it during a Netflix binge, watching the game, or listening to, I don't know, Armchair Expert. These things are so simple to use, and they're so easy to use. I highly recommend them. Safe is incredibly easy to customize for your home. You just go to simplysafecom dax. You can easily choose the exact sensors you need or get help from one of their experts. It'll get to your house in about a week, which means by this time next week, you and your whole family can go to bed knowing your home is being guarded. It's easy to assume everyone in your house already feels safe, but they might not, and it's worthwhile to talk about it. And Simply Safe is a small, easy step to make sure everyone feels safe at home. Go to Simply Safe, that's S I M P L I, safe. Dot com slash dax today to customize your system and get a free security camera you also get a 60day risk-free trial so there's nothing to lose that's simplysafe.com dax we are supported by butcher box. Butcher Box helps you make mealtime moments feel special year round. Each month, they send you a box of the highest quality meat for a better price than the grocery store, giving you more time to spend cooking and sharing delicious, high quality meals with family and friends. I just had some of the bacon, you know, been on bacon tear. I just had some of the Butcher Box bacon and it was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And the best part about it is it's all great, great meat. They've got 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and and sugar-and-nitrate-free bacon that I enjoyed. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to my home. All the meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones, and each box has about 10 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. With ButcherBox, you get the highest quality meat for around just $6 a meal. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life.
4: Oh, my God.
3: That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription. Wow. Just go to ButcherBox.com Dax. That's ButcherBox.com Dax.
0: Another of my favorite things was there was a guy there pictured with an umbrella. You can see him in the Sapruda film. And that was like a big mystery. Like, why do you have an umbrella on such a beautiful day? It must be a mystery. And so the conspiracy theory is it was actually a dart gun, which he fired from the umbrella, which mm. froze the president. And that let. Lee Harvey Oswald get his shot, his kill shot in, because he was paralyzed. Oh <laughs> like, so they've borrowed that from the penguin in Batman.
3: That's literally where they got that idea. The it's, penguin. It's, I mean,
0: oh there's so many wild theories. And it's there, all it was. He was there to protest. He was just there to be like an a-hole with his umbrella like to put up. He was just there <laughs> to mm. be a pest. Mm. Oh, wow. The other part of this whole JFK thing that I really love that I don't think gets talked about enough is the murder of Oswald by Jack Ruby, this nightclub owner. Because the fact that you've got someone, a man who's assassinated the president, there needs to be a trial, like all these questions. Why did he do it? Was there a conspiracy? Did he act alone with other people? For him to suddenly just be killed. When the police knew that there were death threats that had come in, and yet somehow they left him that exposed on live TV for Jack Ruby just to wander in and kill him. That, to me, is almost madder than the assassination.
3: I agree. Although, people are weird. People make stupid decisions because they want their police department on television and shit. You know, there's weird motives for these kinds of things.
4: And maybe back then they weren't as on top of it.
0: No, well, I wanted to figure that out. And I feel like I spent so much time talking to Robin and he certainly had a very conspiratorial side. But Dan Abrams, who's ABC's chief legal analyst, he's got a book coming out called Kennedy's Avenger. And it's all about Jack Ruby and the Jack Ruby story. And so that's like the first thing I said to him was like, Who was Jack and like, why did he do this? Like what went down? Do people think he was a part of the conspiracy? Like he's also CIA? Oh yeah. The person that silenced the killer, he was definitely part of the conspiracy. And when some people think like the mob was involved in the killing of JFK because of various machinations, of course, when Jack Ruby, who had sort of links to mobsters, absolutely part of the conspiracy. But this is Dan, who's like the opposite of Robin. He's like Robin's yin to his yang almost.
2: And this is what he said. The FBI had warned the Dallas police. They'd gotten calls, people threatening Oswald's life. So they went through all of these efforts to protect Oswald. They changed the cars that they were going to use to transport right beforehand. They had a decoy. There were all these things that they were doing. And yet there, Jack Ruby literally walks in the back entrance the police station when a police car is coming out and ruby knew a lot of the cops so it wasn't that unusual that he was hanging around but he just walks in and then literally a minute later oswald comes out it was just terrible security preparation i mean look if you're a conspiracy theorist you will say that you think the police might have been in on it but i think in the end You probably just have to view Jack Ruby as someone who, yes, liked Kennedy very much, but was a tough guy hothead. And that's the key to understanding Jack Ruby. He's a guy who has an explosive temper. Regularly at his clubs, he served as his own bouncer, you know, throwing people out of the club if they were misbehaving, etc. Regularly got in fights. And so if you view it from that perspective, that he just becomes enraged, seeing what he described as Oswald's smirk, and he pulls out his weapon and shoots and kills him and thinks that people are going to treat him like a hero.
3: Mm. I really loved that illustration that was just painted for us about Jack Ruby. I think I like this guy. He's the bouncer at his own club. He's mixing it up all the time. He's walking around strapped. This now reminds me of the conductor of the train. Remember when I asked, do you think in this person's mind they thought they were going to go to prison or did they think that their goal was so righteous that they would be exonerated? And I, I have to imagine this guy thought that. He couldn't have possibly been deciding to
0: trade his life for his in that moment. Totally, and I think he did think that he would be treated as a hero, And a lot of people probably did think that, but he weirdly officially he had a heart attack in prison, I think, and ended up dying innocent because he got convicted. There was going to be a retrial. So technically he died unconvicted, which is pretty amazing when he's been caught on camera (laughs) killing (laughs) someone. (laughs) Okay. That's like the weird American justice system, right?
4: Oh, wow. Yeah.
3: That reminds me of the Robert Durst trial where he fully acknowledges he, he cut up the body of his neighbor and put the bags in the ocean. But that in no way means he was a murderer and got off. So wait, what was the time frame from when he, he shot Lee Harvey, who who, um, who our good friend owns his bathtub? I, I just want to keep making that point <laughs> from the time he shot him to
0: when he had the heart attack. How long was that? He went to prison and he had the heart attack in prison like years later. So he did serve some real time. He served a little bit of time. Yeah.
3: Okay. And this is a little bit like the bathtub. It's completely off topic. But again, it's the time is right to say it. I learned this from my father watching my father die. He was never bested. He got in fights at Costco over the free samples. He got in fights at the gas station. (laughs) He, He rarely went somewhere where he didn't have a challenge and a duel. And I was watching him and I said, oh, you're the victim. Like, you win all these things, but then you lose. And I just want to point out, the fact that the guy's heart blew up at a relatively young age, that's the price you pay for mixing it up. That's my conspiracy <laughs> yeah. theory. Yeah, no, no, I
0: like that. There's a certain, like, poetic nature to that. I like that. Mm, thank you.
4: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he still hurt a lot of people along the way. It's like mm. the amount of people he hurt versus then his death. His just
3: desserts. Yeah, I'm just trying to point out to the hotheads in the audience and the people who like to mix it up. You can't do it because even if you win, you lose. That's what I'm trying to oh, say. That's my service. Public service, public announcement. service announcement. Oh, that's yeah, nice.
0: that's that's what I took from my father's passing and I applied it to my life. I like that. And I, I did like how you were like nodding and smiling as we heard about Jack Ruby's. Life. Yeah, <laughs> I got <laughs> and, and I got really like affectionate Jack. towards mm-hmm. him.
3: <laughs> oh, which also now ding 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 i also felt so affectionate towards robert durst i don't know what it was his little current oh, the frog yeah. body and his sad weird life i uh, wanted to care for him even though clearly he's a brutal
0: murderer i still felt sad for him my friend's mum actually went on a date with robert durst <gasps> oh um, wow yeah. So, like, that has always been a fact that's just amazing about how close she got to just utter chaos. That terrifies me. Wow. Yeah.
3: So, probably not as fun for you to think of him as a Kermit you're going to take in <laughs> no, as, say, me. I mean, she's fine. Affected. It
0: was like the one date. Yeah. But I mean, what I like about that Durst story, like, as a documentary, it just oh. has, I think, the perfect ending because whenever you're making a film you're trying to a a documentary you're trying to get that ending and i can just imagine them in the edit like sifting through all this crap like hours of audio and then to get that one bit of audio like i don't want to spoil it but holy shit i
3: doubt there will ever be a conclusion to a documentary that rivals that one by
4: the way tickled (laughs) yeah
3: yours is close yeah the fact that the subject of your film attends the
0: screening is so weird that was amazing him turning up to the screening and you're getting his stepmom on camera talking about his upbringing was just utterly surreal but that's like all the best documentaries have completely unexpected endings like that's the magic of it else like you wouldn't even bother because it's just so traumatizing to make them yeah but you're just
3: proceeding hoping some magic happens and in your case it did and in the durst yeah. case it
0: did i mean you certainly can't plan for that no no And this is a complete deviation from JFK, but just speaking of documentary, there's this documentary that's just come out called Stray, and I recommend it so much. It's following a pack of stray dogs around Istanbul, and it's just so beautiful, and the interactions with humans, and it's so good. I just, I highly recommend it. S-T-R-A-Y? Yeah, Stray. And do yeah. we know what platform it's on? It's on a website. It's all like streaming or oh, the way okay. it is. I think oh. you jump on the website and watch it. But if you search for like stray film, it's everywhere. And man, I watched it last night. It's so, so good. There's Ooh. no murders in it, which is a kind of refreshing for a documentary.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, do they find a corpse at any point? Dogs are good at that. There's no corpses. Oh. It's really so. refresh. There's some really like beautiful <laughs> moments, some really sad moments, because it's all observed from the dog's point of view and like mm. a dog's perspective of humans. it's really cool, actually. Good it's rack. It's so good to have a doc on the queue. It's so good. But speaking of things being filmed, the other thing that Dan Abrams talked about, just to get us back on track, is that just how crazy it was that this was on camera. And I just thought I'd share his thoughts with that with you.
2: The fact that they had video of the murder was a first. That you're introducing into evidence in the trial the event itself on camera. And it also created all sorts of interesting, novel, legal questions in the context of the trial. But even more so, it was the Ruby incident that was, quote unquote, you know caught on camera, meaning that For the Kennedy incident, there had to be an investigation. They had to find Zapruder. They had to go get the tape. They had to analyze it. With Ruby, it was on the news within moments. And there's this guy stepping forward and shooting Oswald. He's been shot. He's been shot. Eddie Oswald has been shot. There's the man with a gun. It's absolute panic. So you would presume that when you watch a guy walk up to someone and shoot him in the stomach that it's not a complicated trial. There is no question about it. Oswald has been shot. And you would be wrong. This ended up being a very complicated trial. One of the challenges in this case was what was the defense? And initially, the defense was actually a very strong one, in my view which was going to be that it was a moment of passion, that uh, Ruby was just totally distraught about the Kennedy assassination. He sees Oswald, he jumps out, he shoots him. If that had been the defense, the most he really could have gotten would have been up to five years in prison. And he probably would have been released within a few. But that's not the defense that they pursued. Instead, they pursued an insanity defense to try to get him completely acquitted, not guilty. And that became quite an endeavor. After the trial, it becomes clear he hated the defense and that he really just wished that they had gone forward with the defense, that he lost it for a moment. The lawyer, Melvin Belli, who was really probably the best known lawyer in America, at the time, but he was a personal injury lawyer. He became so famous as a result of this case, he was already very famous. He ended up in the following year being an episode of Star Trek as a bad guy. And then he actually auditioned for The Godfather, for the role that Marlon Brando got.
3: Oh, (laughs)
4: wow.
3: Oh my God, ding, 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 everyone wants to be famous.
4: The role of Marlon <laughs>
3: Don Corleone so you've
0: got Jack Ruby's lawyer. As oh, that a bad feels guy less Star believable trick. than the twenty shooters. Oh my god! No, oh. but like it just—it's another reminder of like how unlikely everything in the story is, from like the timing of things <laughs> to the fact it's all either broadcast live or documented, and the fact that like yeah, Jack Ruby's lawyer wanted to go and be like an actor and was an actor <laughs> afterwards. <laughs>
4: <laughs> also, it is, it, you know, it's just worth reminding because I think now we're more accustomed to seeing videos of horrific events. And this was just the first time. Novel. Yeah, it was the first time and then the last time for a long time.
3: Proprietary. <laughs> yeah. Did um, Bobby Kennedy get shot on? Was that recorded? I don't know. That's a really good question.
0: Yeah. I should know this, but I don't. And I am reminded now as well that, of course, JFK Jr. is now subject of endless conspiracy theories since he died in a plane crash in 99.
4: There's conspiracy theories about that?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he is apparently still very much alive. What? -hmm. Is spotted in the background at Trump rallies. No, 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 no. He loves He's so
4: handsome. Everyone would
0: (laughs) we would know if he was alive because
4: everyone would be talking about it because he's so handsome.
3: Well we were just talking about this. We were trying I was trying to like figure out Monica's type the other day. And I said, Is it is it like the Kennedys? And then she lit up like a Christmas tree. Used to be. (laughs) Used to be. What put you off?
4: Well, he died.
0: Okay. But if he's still alive, Well, I got good news. I wondered why you (laughs) seized on that so strongly, but it was the attraction to him that was the...
4: (laughs) He's so handsome. Yeah, that could
3: be eternal, Monica, your attraction to him. It it doesn't have to be...
4: It could be rekindled if he's alive, That's, for sure. Yeah, That's well, look,
0: I got some bad news for you, and that is the man that everyone thinks is Kennedy now looks very different, um, oh. weirdly enough, mm. um, That's, yeah, to how JFK strange. Jr. <laughs> it's a really weird thing. It's a really weird thing.
3: So
4: they just well, picked a random guy that looked nothing like him and said, oh, that seems much, to be... Oh, my God.
3: Well, what is worthy of a conspiracy, and this would be more of a celestial one, is... The Kennedys have had the craziest luck, yeah. uh, bad luck. Yeah. I mean, that—that's
4: the simulation.
3: Yeah, it's really hard to imagine a family that dealt with more crazy stuff. I mean, just one after another.
0: Oh yeah, and I mean, you can see why you know any of them dying still seems suspicious when you look at everything that's come before. So I can see why people treat the plane crash in '99 as another conspiracy, but also like bad luck happens, you know?
4: Yeah, and all of them are so public. That we're going to hear about the crazy stuff, whereas most families do have crazy stuff, but you don't hear about it.
0: Totally. Uh, Another chance thing about the whole JFK situation, JFK was actually talking to his special assistant, Kenneth O'Donnell, just before leaving for Dallas. And these were the words that he said just before he got to Dallas. If anybody really wanted to shoot the president of the United States, it would not be a very difficult job. All one had to do was get into a high building someday with a telescopic rifle. And there was nothing anybody could do to defend against such an attempt. Oh my God, he ordered his own assassination. It's right
3: there in print. That
0: to me is like, what are the chances of just like very specifically talking about the way you're about to die just before it happens? And again, it's just chance. It happens in life.
4: Wow. Is there a theory that he was a part of it?
0: Oh, there will be. Yeah, there will.
3: <laughs>
4: After you, this?
0: There absolutely will be. <laughs> okay. We know the
3: defense. We know they're attacked, which was insanity, which is, I think, stupid. I think you mm-hmm. could have definitely got him off on the, like, finding your wife in bed with another man. Absolutely. Argument. A moment of passion. Yeah. yeah it could have been ma- manslaughter or something. Was the prosecution's position... That it was straight premeditated or that he just went there to get a look at this guy and when he saw him, he snapped and shot him. What was their position? Pretty much just that. Oh, okay. They weren't even going for premeditated. No, that wasn't their thing. No. Okay. What if part of the defense was when they were trying to prove that he was crazy, they just had like witness after witness that had their ass beat by him at the restaurant and they were like, that guy's (laughs) crazy. Listen, i just
0: i tipped 11 it wasn't great service and he came behind the bar i do love that he was his own bouncer like that particular <laughs> me fact. too i me love too. so so much it's so i good.
3: guarantee if we do a checkup in 10 years and you say what do you remember about that jfk episode it'll be the sole thing that i hold on to for life that jack ruby was his own bouncer
0: <laughs> i've got one other story that dan told me about jack ruby that i'm going to play at the end that is better than all of this. It's oh like my gosh. It's oh, wow. the thing I never heard. But before that, this is Dan's take on why it definitely wasn't a conspiracy that Jack Ruby killed Oswald.
2: Let's clear this up. The most regular conspiracy that Ruby gets dragged into is that he had visited Cuba in 1959. And... There was a well-known mobster who was in prison there at the time. And if you believe that the mafia was behind this, then you can try to link Jack Ruby through his sort of low-level mob connections. You know, he'd been from Chicago, where, again, he knew some mobsters. But, you know, you talk to the people who really knew him, And he was actually more focused on pleasing the police than he was on trying to ingratiate himself with mobsters or or the mafia. Look, if there was a conspiracy, right, if Oswald was involved in a conspiracy, that certainly magnifies by many times the chances that Jack Ruby was involved as well. But I view it from a different way, having written this book about Jack Ruby. The evidence that Jack Ruby was somehow involved in a conspiracy is almost non-existent. There's no way of all the people, blabbermouth Jack Ruby, who always wants to be in the center of everything, is going to be the guy who they're going to hire to, quote-unquote, silence Oswald. And the most compelling piece of evidence as to why Ruby could not have been involved in a conspiracy is that Oswald is shot at 1121 in the morning. Oswald was supposed to be moved at 10 a.m. They had told the media that Oswald would be moved at 10 a.m. So if you are Jack Ruby and your assignment is to kill Oswald, you're going to be there at 9 a.m., 930, certainly by 9.58 a.m when Oswald is supposed to be moved, if you are going to be there to kill Oswald. Jack Ruby goes to a Western Union at 11.17 a.m. to send $25 to a dancer who worked at one of his clubs who needed to pay her rent. There is a receipt from the Western Union stamped 11.17 a.m. The Western Union happens to be across the street right down the block from the police station. Ruby's seen the activity. He says that he presumed it was already over. He leaves the Western Union. He goes, walks in, and literally arrives with one minute to spare. If Lee Harvey Oswald had not decided he wanted to put a sweater on that day, Jack Ruby probably wouldn't have crossed paths with Oswald that day.
0: Wow. So yeah, just blind luck and a fiery temper. That's probably what it all comes down to. Mm. Wow. Wow. it
4: is fascinating. I get why people go down rabbit holes.
0: Yeah, I'm like intrigued. Yeah, I mean, of course, the thing that overrides that is like maybe the cops tipped him off. Maybe they like let him know when it was actually happening.
4: That's my theory.
0: It does change the thing like how we think about this because There's two killings that happen, but you have such a different attitude to each one because, you know, the president being killed, you feel different emotionally to that than Oswald being killed, who is already a killer. It's like also like a weird way where you react to those two assassinations. Oh, yeah. You don't even give a shit uh, for me. I'm like,
3: yeah, okay, cool. Good. That saved a bunch of taxpayer money and whatever. I love the point. This is so obvious and true that he is not the guy you're hiring to keep a secret. This guy's a blowhard. He's throwing people all around the restaurant. For every minute he fights, he talks about it for 200 minutes. We know who this guy is. Also, he's probably telling people he's got Mafia connection, but he doesn't. He's a bar owner, a restauranteer. Yeah, totally. And cozying up to the cops more than organized crime, you know? Yeah, Yeah, and had been seen many times at the police station, they said. He was a regular, whatever that means. Yeah, so not the guy. Again, the secrets part. I just always come back to the like, how are you keeping this secret? Jack Ruby didn't tell anyone in prison in those four years, you know, the truth.
0: And that's the thing, like, it's human nature. You tell people secrets. I mean, how many times have someone come up to you, like a friend, and being like, hey, look, I've got a secret. Don't tell anyone about this, but I can Mm -hmm. tell you. That's what everyone does. And then inevitably
3: you bump into a third friend two hours later, and that friend says, hey... Don't say anything but my And then you go, oh, my God, he's, he's telling everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's the most common experience you have in life.
0: I think you can apply that to any conspiracy theory. Like, human nature is just to blab. And that us sort of fallible beings can somehow rise above that to, like, keep the stuff secret. It's just not going to happen. Like, we're useless. Yeah. We're not the right species to, like, carry off big world-changing conspiracies. Like, it, it leaks. It does. You want a cat to do the killing. Like, they could keep a secret. They
3: absolutely Because they don't want but your they, approval. They yeah, don't give a shit if you're impressed with them. You know you're the <laughs> owner of a new cat. By the way, those pictures are getting kinkier and kinkier. I think there's going to be a doc about you and that cat soon. called Purv. Purv? Purv. But Purv.
4: Purv.
0: Oh, P-U-R-V. Yes. It's my neighbor's British blue kitten And I'm sort of taking over So they'll be furious when they listen to this Because they are angry that people think I own it (laughs) That's even more shocking This isn't even your pet No, I just hang out with it a lot But what I love about this kitten is It's so stupid Like Its eyes are so bright But you can just tell there's nothing happening In the brain Like It's so stupid And I love it for that (laughs) Yeah, false advertising Stay tuned for more If you dare,
3: we are supported by Paramount Plus. What the hell happened to Harold Heaven? Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. For heaven's sake, a true crime documentary series so mysterious, so puzzling, it can only be solved by two amateur detectives. In 1934, Harold Heaven vanished from his remote cabin in a small Canadian town. Police dredged the lake and searched the woods, but no body was ever found. Now, 87 years later, his great great nephew, Mike Milden, and his best friend, Jackson Rowe, will attempt to solve this extremely cold case. Using the accounts of family members, tips from quirky locals, and a total lack of crime-solving skills, they'll scour this frozen Canadian wilderness for clues to Harold's disappearance. These two friends will go to hilarious lengths to investigate the many theories that have been a part of the family lore for generations. Everything from drunken road workers to scheming land developers. Someone in this small town knows the truth about Harold, and they're determined to find it. The new true crime documentary series, For Heaven's Sake, all episodes now streaming on Paramount+. We are supported by CarMax. Learn about the new Love Your Car Guarantee from CarMax at CarMax.com. There is nothing quite like the joy of finding the right car. You know it when you feel it, but that takes time. You need more than just a 20-minute test drive around the block. Well, with the new Love Your Car Guarantee from CarMax, you can take your time to get to know your new car so you can be sure that it's the right car for you, starting with a 24-hour test drive. At CarMax, you can take it home and try it out. Put in the car seats, get the dog, drive it to work, to school, to the grocery store before you buy. Make sure it fits in your garage and your lifestyle. And if it feels like true love, you can buy with confidence because CarMax has you covered with a 30-day money-back guarantee. You can take a full month and up to 1,500 miles to love it or return it for a full refund. So don't just buy your next car. Love your next car at CarMax. Learn more about the new Love Your Car Guarantee from CarMax at CarMax.com.
0: The last thing that Dan said was like the side story to the Jack Ruby story. Yeah. And it makes me think that Jack Ruby should be the subject of some amazing feature film. This particular little side plot blew my mind. And this is what he said. So
2: the world is at the Jack Ruby trial. There's never been coverage like this before. International coverage, people from all over the world are there. There is a jailbreak that occurs at the courthouse. Where literally seven prisoners take a hostage with a gun made of soap that they had put together and they have to end up walking right past all of the cameras as part of the jailbreak. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, I mean, I knew a lot, I knew something about the trial. I didn't know about this jailbreak. And think about it the media is all there, so it's all caught on camera. I mean, in the book, we have a picture of one of the prisoners with this gun being held to the back of a woman walking out of the courthouse. There were seven prisoners, five were captured pretty quickly, and two of them escaped. So that was the most shocking thing to me about the Jack Ruby trial.
0: Oh, my God. What again, is like this Another? Story? I know, like, every was little a branch. full moon in Dallas? <laughs> I know, every, like, the domino effect that happened <laughs> since this assassination, just crazier and crazier. And imagine being... Those prisoners that are like jailbreaking, you've come up with this amazing plan of like making this fake gun with soap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you just don't bet on there being a row of cameras live broadcasting. The biggest media
3: event in the history. (laughs) Oh my Uh.
0: God.
4: Were there bullets in that soap gun? Like, why no. was anyone No, no,
3: of- <laughs> no bullets. Just, it just uh, looked like no, a gun. Just looked like a gun. They probably put <laughs> oh God, shoe oh God, polish oh all over it to make it black.
4: <laughs> oh, my God.
3: Yeah, and it just made me go, like, you can't write this stuff, no, right? No, you can't. So, okay, now, here's where I would say a media circus could work in your favor. Because talk about a distraction. Like, light off a distraction. No one's looking. Everyone's looking at wherever the cameras are pointed. So if you could. You could have probably been riding an elephant through the room and no one would have noticed. So in that way, it's genius. Okay,
4: I have a new theory.
3: Oh my God, this is exciting. The
4: CIA did hire Oswald, then did hire Ruby, and then hired those jail people, well, (laughs) you know, convinced them somehow to escape at that time so that... Ruby could then escape in the middle of all of that commotion, but then he just didn't do a good job escaping.
3: Oh.
0: And so ah. he's... Okay, that was a recon mission that didn't... Yes. Okay. No, I oh. like that because you're explaining all these events with the one master <laughs> theory. Trying. And that's like that's well played, <laughs> but Ruby was just too useless to like follow through with the whole thing. Does anyone incorporate that aspect of this story into any of the
3: popular conspiracies? They're not aware of that.
0: I haven't come across it. No, I think Dan was really surprised when he came across this jailbreak story because it's just Mm. like another weird (laughs) sideline of the main crazy event. But I think like what you were saying about it being a distraction with all the cameras. I was in Sydney when the first Borat film came out Mm -hmm. and I was outside the Sydney Opera House and Borat was there and like the media in Australia had all turned up to film Borat because it was a particularly big deal then. And I'll never forget, there's this photo of all the cameras on Sasha Baron Cohen's character Borat. And off to the side, you can see Kanye West just stood there and no one noticed him (gasps) because everyone was focused on Borat. Wow. Oh, wow. That's exactly why I married Kristen, so that everywhere we walk, they're all (laughs) all
3: staring at her and I can just like pick my nose and fart (laughs) in public and no one catches anything.
0: Yeah, it is kind of magic. Just position yourself next to someone who's just so insanely well known that everyone just sort of like blanks out. But we're so single vision, aren't we? Like we're locked onto one thing, like a press conference. We don't see a jailbreak happening in the background. (laughs) As guys are bumping into you. We're so basic. Like we can't keep secrets and we can't look beyond our small, narrow focus. Yeah. We're so messed up as the human race. The aliens are regularly embarrassed for us as they watch uh, the circus. Oh, yeah. Whoever life. invented the simulation is just being like, this is the dumbest simulation I've ever made. Like, they're not going to believe this is real. This is ridiculous. <laughs> On that topic, are we going to do a simulation episode? I think we
3: should. Yeah. This will be the first one that, that Monica and I are fully enmeshed in. Like, we could be the people you interview.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you seen A Glitch in the Matrix, the new documentary about simulation theory? No. no. Yeah, you should watch it. It's from a guy. He's made a really amazing documentary about like crazy theories around a Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining. Mm. Oh. He breaks down like big ideas using found footage. Okay. But his latest one is looking at basically people's experiences of having a glitch in the Matrix where our imagined reality glitches. Mm. You know, it's pretty persuasive argument for it. So I think we could touch <gasps> oh, on that. Oh,
4: that'd
3: be interesting. The first one we believe in.
0: And that almost comes down to that idea, yeah, it's going to be the breakthrough. It comes down to that idea though, of, like, doesn't matter. It's like, doesn't matter if Oswald acted alone or whether it was, you know, the, the scale of the conspiracy. And, you know, doesn't matter if we're in a simulation yeah, or it's exactly. real. Like, doesn't matter. Well,
3: I can tell you, obviously hour to hour it doesn't because you can't tell the difference. So in that way, I agree with you. And the way it's very disappointing is I'm writing a story about my life and I like the story and I'd be pissed to find out I had nothing to do with the story.
4: But it's probably good for you.
3: To be pissed?
4: I don't think it's good for us to be like writing the story of our life. Well, we
3: do. We're all, that's exactly how we make sense of our lives. We do.
4: We make narratives, but I think a Buddhist would say, don't do that. That's actually not good for you to do Oh, that.
3: sure. I think it's ego for sure. Yeah. But I do think it's okay for me to be proud of having been dyslexic and then graduating from UCLA. Like, that's something I like about myself. I tried. I doubled down. I worked hard. Now, if I didn't do any of that, I only had dyslexia. They hit a button. I didn't even have it. And it was easy to go to UCLA just so I could have that story. That's, you know, it just takes away all the uh, pride of any of the achievements
0: any of us have had. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And I guess it depends a bit on whether it's like a preordained simulation or whether within the simulation we still have ai and are capable of still making their own decisions so while they're not real decisions your digital self is still making them so it might not all be a loss and then one upside is you if you're jack ruby you go i didn't kill that guy i can't even take credit (laughs) for it that was the role they gave me yeah i mean if simulation theory is real it opens up a real problem for the courts there's no doubt about that (laughs) It's the other thing of like, I know. the the more I look at, I mean, it's interesting talking about simulation theory, and we should do an episode on this, but when you look at all the stories we've been talking about, to the the assassination, to Jack Ruby, to all the side stories, like what are the chances that that is actually real life? Like when you put all those coincidences together, it seems very low. Yeah. Yeah, if you're an odds maker in Vegas and you go, hey,
3: here's our prediction next Sunday president's going to get shot then the assassin's going to get shot there's going to be a jailbreak the assailant will have just wired 25 dollars to one of his employees for quote rent there's a soap gun employed uh what are the odds that well you know if you bet a dollar we'll pay you two trillion dollars that should be the odds of that
0: but again that's the joy of real life like we yeah. couldn't have predicted like any of it and I mean that's part of the joy in it and I'm always like I've never written like a script and I don't really understand Hollywood very well but I think when they write amazing plots for films they must have to like always make it less realistic by making it what seem more realistic do you know what I mean (laughs) they're always having to pull it back in it is you wouldn't believe this stuff so often in life because we are in
3: show business we're in a real life situation and one of us will say Oh, if I was directing this, I would be like, that's way too much prop department. Like no one will believe there's this many eggs on the table or whatever. We're always commenting on like when, when something's been poorly set, set dressed yeah. or like the plot There'd is never too be convenient. This, many eggs. this is there crazy. There
4: was a great meme at the beginning of the pandemic. Let me see if I can find it real quick.
0: Please do. I do like how much you like egg stacks. Like you are a big egg man. <laughs>
3: well, you know, it's one of the great heartbreaks of my life is I can't eat them. I'm allergic to them and I fucking love them. Oh, I didn't know that. God. Yes, if I pound eggs, my knee I have arthritis. and My knees will start killing me. Oh, within, that's so like, annoying. It is such a more simulation, like they need to give me this little bullshit hurdle. Like they're still gonna let me be famous and stuff and tall, uh, <laughs> but, but they're no. Gonna like, but, but we don't want you to be too happy, or you won't appreciate it. So you can't eat eggs.
4: <laughs> okay here it is i found it okay. this one is the writer's room for 2020 is terrible you don't put a small earthquake in the middle of a race revolution and a pandemic storyline <laughs> also you don't just introduce murder hornets in like the third episode and then do nothing with them take a workshop 2020
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, but yeah that's that's real life
0: Yeah, it's so true. Just really quickly as well, I just keep thinking of documentaries. There's a documentary my friend Michael made about murder hornets. It's so good. I think it's just called Attack of the Murder Hornet. And it tracks down these kind of like bumbling but passionate specialists that were called in to find the main big nest of the murder hornets. Mm. And it is thrilling. Highly recommended. Okay, before we go, I just want to... It's kind of what Monica asked earlier, and I have a very
3: thin knowledge of it, but what is the motive people believe in for this grand conspiracy?
0: Um, There's a lot of different motives, depending on who you think's involved. But I think generally, like you hit the nail on the head. Sort of the main one is that because Kennedy was sort of pulling back from Vietnam, a lot of people in the war effort, helicopter manufacturers, arms manufacturers were going to lose a lot of money. So let's just take this guy out.
3: Mm. Oof. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the tip of the iceberg. Like, honestly, like... Why didn't they kill Jimmy Carter? <laughs> that's the thing. Like, the KGB, um, Castro, the CIA, the FBI, they've all got, like, motives that you can invent about why they'd want JFK publicly executed. So it's a rabbit warren. I'm not going to pretend to understand it all. Yeah. But that's why someone like Robin, the conspiracy theorist slash researcher, has spent 40 years doing nothing but this, and he still hasn't gotten to the bottom of it. Mm. I hope he does. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I really do. I do. Yeah. I do. I hope he has closure in this. Ever R in Dallas. His JFK tour in the limo is extraordinary, and he will just talk your head off for hours. He's a really beautiful man, and I don't know if I am with him on everything he says, but as far as dark tourism tours go, I'd say like it is a really good one. Well, I think you, this is where you and
3: I diverge. We have some similar interests and some similar proclivities, but I think your aptitude, your willingness to be captive in a vehicle while someone's talking, (laughs) that to me is paramount concern. That's really high on my list of things I would
0: really not want to be involved with. No, you want to be involved. I mean, that's why you're so good at what you do. Both of you, like you want to have a conversation. You don't just want to be talked at. I don't want to be talked to and I don't want to be in something I can't exit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, his tour would be like
3: your version of hell. It yeah. honestly would I don't be. want to be a passenger. I don't want to be fucking lectured
0: to. I don't I want to be able to leave places. Yeah, it's a, I feel like Larry David on this topic. No, no, that definitely please don't take Robin's tour. Everyone else, is probably gonna be okay.
3: You'll love it. If you love being captive and lectured, there is no better lecture. Last thing is there's a mafia one, too. And does it date all the way back to Jack Kennedy because he was
0: famously a bootlegger? No, it does. And I'm not going to pretend to know the background to all of that because I actually don't. But yeah, the mafia involvement is all family related. Okay. All right.
4: Well, I came up with a great theory.
0: The best I've heard yet.
4: So I hope everyone adopts that.
0: Yeah, I mean that's it's gonna be your responsibility once you start getting these (laughs) followers, Monica. You're gonna have to put up with dealing with them now. (laughs) Do you wanna label it something? I think it needs a name.
4: The correct
3: the correct theory. theory. (laughs) The
0: correct one.
4: Yeah. Okay. I think that's what we'll go with. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Why be obtuse? Call it like it is. The correct theory. I back you. I back you all the way. David, we we love you. I wish we did these more. It's so you're so pleasurable to talk to, and that is consensus.
0: I'm coming over to America mid-April, so I'm feeling excited. I mean, I've been there before, but I am sort of going to be settling in for the rest of the year, so I'd really like some, maybe some like tips on where to eat and how not to get knifed, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. We'll arm you up. That. We'll, ar- we'll arm you up pretty good. It'll be nice. Turn me into an American. Give me weapons. All right. I love you, David. <laughs> Love you guys too. Let's talk other madness in the future, simulations and aliens and other conspiracies Ooh. and cannibals. I'm I'm down for it all. Oh, yes. yes. Bye you too. Bye. Bye buddy. Boy.